If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. As you gain experience and more opportunities come your way, the shift from always saying yes to it's not until I'm convinced it's a yes can be really hard. And for me, it took me hitting burnout to really understand this. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. You hit play on an episode of the Gold Digger podcast. So as you can guess, I love setting goals. And in the past, I've entered into different seasons, whether it's the new year or a new quarter with really big goals, whether it's hitting certain sales or revenue numbers or growing a certain number on social media or my email list or impacting a certain number of people. And I love those goals. They've absolutely without a doubt served me well, and they've been entirely helpful But sometimes goals like that can leave me in this position of striving, of pushing myself harder, of achieving. Like I'm an achiever through and through. And so that pursuit of more can be really tempting for me. And if you know me, you know that I am not afraid to work. Like for a lot of the last decade, I've had to work really hard in order to get to where I am now. I've hustled a time or two, but the hustle is just a sprint and it always has a finish line. It's not the norm. It's not my state of being or my state of working. And I'm a firm believer that life comes at us in seasons. And in some seasons, it's fully necessary to work hard and to chase after those big number goals. But other times, like the time I find myself in currently, I think it's okay to be content with where we're at. In fact, I think it's even beautiful to pursue to be content, to find peace, to define your enough point, to make sure that the pursuit that you're on feels good. Don't confuse being content and this notion of it with this idea of being complacent. You can be joyful and at peace with where you're at while still desiring and acknowledging that the journey is not over. There's more room to grow. 
But that doesn't always mean that we have to be on this hustle towards more, more, and more. In the last few years, I've led with one main goal, to do anything and everything to protect my peace. And why? Because success to me means feeling at peace in my life and in my work, waking up and not feeling anxious or stressed, but being at this peaceful spot in this peaceful pursuit. I had someone describe my style of work as being like a gentle breeze. You feel it, it moves you, you notice it, but it doesn't sweep you away or leave a path of destruction. And I personally love that idea. Like I want my work and my life to be like a cool, welcomed, gentle breeze. So while I absolutely still have massive goals for my life, for my business, for my relationship, I more so have a vision for what I want my life to be. Not just what I want it to look like, but how I want to move through it, how I want it to feel. Not just by the end of the year when I round up all the things, but how I want my day-to-day life to look. So maybe you're in a similar season, a season where you definitely want to be ambitious, but you don't want that ambition to lead to burnout, where you want to create boundaries, but you don't want to miss out on opportunities, where you still want to be in pursuit, but you have a deep desire to feel content in the day to day. That leads me to one of my all time MVPs of my life, boundaries. In my book, I say this. Boundaries aren't solely for keeping people or whatever powers that be out. They're a tool that can keep you in your life. And if you haven't picked up my book, How Are You Really? Head to howareyoureallybook.com. I think you're going to love it. So let's talk about boundaries. Like how do we do all of this? It often means getting clear on what our exact boundaries will be that will let us protect those pieces of our lives and not slip into hustle mode just because a fancy opportunity bounces our way. So today I'm sharing 12 personal boundaries that I've set up for myself that you are more than welcome to borrow and steal in order to protect your own peace, whatever that looks like for you in your life. Are you ready? Let's get at it. If you love listening to the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love the full lineup of business and entrepreneurial focused podcasts on the HubSpot Podcast Network, like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. JJ Peterson. Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and more importantly, make it work. He's got a robust catalog of ready to binge episodes like why your videos aren't engaging customers, an amazing no-cost strategy to get more leads, and how to build your social media content calendar. Listening to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. According to behavioral neuroscience researcher Joaquin Selva, the consequence of not setting healthy boundaries often includes stress financial burdens, wasted time, and relationship issues, which can result in mental distress like resentment. So essentially, a lack of boundaries can negatively impact all aspects of someone's life. Now, in the past, I've definitely been the person who takes on so much responsibility in the way of projects and clients and partnerships and launches, simply because I want to grow and grow and grow. But in the end, a lot of times that pursuit and that style of pursuit burnt me out just as much or maybe even more than it pushed me. And I have had to learn how to say no to things. Some things that I'm actually interested in, like I want to do because I don't have the time or I'm not willing to sacrifice other more important things in my life. 
I've had to learn to do things like outsource tasks that didn't specifically need my hands or eyes or brains to complete so that I could get out of the weeds of having so many things to do. And I've had to learn to prioritize what's most important and then ruthlessly protect those things and just focus on them, even if it means sacrificing other things that I care about. And I've had to learn to keep small promises to myself because those compound and make a bigger difference in the long run for my own success, my health, my relationships, even my belief in myself in following through in staying true to what I say matters the most to me. I wanted to steal a few lines from my own book, How Are You Really?, and read you a small section about boundaries and burnout because lack of boundaries usually leads to one thing, which is burnout. So here's what it says. In case it's unclear, my burnout didn't happen overnight. Does it ever? It was slow and sweltering, adding a deadline here and an event there until my commitments had become a full-on bonfire, raging out of control with little room to breathe. I didn't realize until it was too late, but I can see now exactly how it happened. Somewhere between shooting my first wedding and the night of my undoing, I had tricked myself into believing that boundaries were for weak people, whatever that meant. I thought I was the kind of person who could face the hardship of stress and exhaustion without having to do anything about it. I thought I could just power through a little bit longer and then I'd take a break once things slowed down. But things never slowed down because I didn't slow down. Every time that small voice inside of me asked me to slow down, I would tell myself it was just the temptation to give up, lose my momentum or cash in a break too early. Like it's something I had to suffer through to earn. Like it was a voice of pessimism in me. Well, I was an optimist, an overcomer, an achiever. Stopping, turning back, slowing down, saying no, I wanted those options out of my playbook. I wanted to prove to myself and everyone watching that I didn't need breaks. I wasn't tired. I didn't need a rest. It wasn't time to sit on the bench. I read this to you because maybe you can relate where you want to just keep going. This idea of momentum is keeping you on this path of saying yes. Maybe you're believing in this idea of a big break and that someone is going to hand it to you. And so if you say no to someone else, you might miss out on that. I've believed all those lies too. But the one thing that has saved me time and time again are boundaries. I saw an article from Positive Psychology that provides this framework for setting a boundary in a way that will stick and produce the positive benefits that you desire. It's a four-part process and it goes something like this. Step one, define. Step two, communicate. Step three, stay simple. And step four, set consequences. So in other words, you first need to identify and define your desired boundary And then you have to say what you need. And this can mean saying it to another person if it's a relational boundary or simply saying it to yourself. Maybe write it down in a journal or on your notes app on your phone or text it to a friend or partner if you want help staying accountable. Next is stay simple, which means don't feel the need to over explain or give all these reasons and backstories for your boundary. If your boundary will provide you more peace of mind, then that should be reason enough. And I know, let me just say, I know it is so hard not to overshare and justify to get people to understand, at least it is for me, but you do not owe anyone an explanation or a reason beyond saying, this is what you need in order to show up better in your life. And then lastly, set consequences and setting consequences might look different given the frame of your boundary, but it could include things like restricting relationships with people who don't support that boundary or finding an accountability buddy, or even removing privileges from your life to uphold a boundary. Like 
saying you won't go on social media until you've meditated for 10 minutes every morning. It doesn't have to be something that's hard or fast or daunting or scary. It can just be something that helps you stick to the boundary. Now, I look at boundaries like bumpers in bowling. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you have a small kid or if you bowl like I do, you probably understand this reference. But you know when you can pop up those bumpers and it helps keep your ball down the path. It keeps you from going in the gutter, so to speak, literally and figuratively. And the ball can bounce off of the bumpers, but it stays on the path towards the pins. That's what I think boundaries are like. It's like putting the bumpers up in your life because sometimes when we're left to our own devices, we just throw ourselves right into the gutter. (laughs) We don't even get a chance to aim towards where we want to go. So let's jump into the 12 boundaries I keep to protect my peace each week. And I want for you to just listen to these and think about what this could look like in your life. It doesn't have to be the same as mine. It doesn't even have to be relatively close to it. I just want to share what I do and why. And then I want for you to ask yourself, what will serve you? What will put up the bumpers in your life to keep you on the path that you're on? So first, No cell phone notifications while I work. This actually drove Drew crazy today because he was at the store and he was texting me about what to buy for Quinn. And I wasn't looking because I always put do not disturb on. Like my phone basically lives in do not disturb mode for 20 hours of the day. I don't want notifications on my phone for things like emails or texts to suddenly pull me away from a task at hand and send me into this like reactionary mode versus being proactive. And I even have to ask permission before texting on my team. We have this rule where we don't text each other. We don't use our phones for work unless we ask permission. And basically, I love that because it helps me stay in my life because at the drop of the hat, I might be in mom mode and then back in work mode. And I don't want to fear looking at my phone for fear that it would like send me into an anxious spiral or remind me of something that I need to get done when I'm actually focusing on something else. So it helps like that I don't feel required to use my phone for work. And it makes it so that my phone doesn't feel like this daunting, you know, extra limb, just reminding me of all the things I need to be doing. Because trust me, I'm a doer. And so when my brain turns on like that, it's really hard to turn it off. So do not disturb mode totally helps me. Or even sometimes I put it in airplane mode, like when I'm recording, it's in airplane mode. And then I don't feel like I'm going to get as distracted. There's also that goes along with this boundary. There's also this app called the forest app. And what you do is you set an amount of time that you want to focus and it literally grows a tree. They actually plant trees for how much you stay focused. And so if you say like, I want to focus on a task for 20 minutes, If you click out of that app, it kills the tree that was growing. And so one, you feel this like utter responsibility to follow through. But two, you kind of start to notice how many times you pick up your phone and then you see the tree growing and you're like, oh yeah, I was supposed to be focused. So if phone distraction is something that gets you, try the forest app. It's something that helps me and a few members of my team. Okay, number two, speaking of phones, we do not allow phones in our bedroom. This is huge for Drew and myself. And this is how we connect at the end of our day. It's something we've been doing for years and years. Talked about it multiple times on this show. But we noticed a long time ago, and I'm talking like years and years ago, that it was so easy to crawl into bed exhausted at the end of the day and just sit and scroll for an hour instead of talking, or snuggling or reading to each other, like whatever that looks like. And so we have gotten in this habit. My mom can attest to it because she stays at our house like once a week. And we like charge all of our devices, our watches, everything is charged in one little corner or one cabinet in our house. It's like a squeaky cabinet intentionally. And everything goes in there. And it's been really good for us because 
when we disconnect from our phones and our screens and we're not tempted to like wake up and start scrolling in the morning, it's been really helpful. And if you're worried that someone's going to call or there might be an emergency, leave your ringer on in the other room or play with your settings to only allow calls from certain numbers to go through. So I've also considered like charging my phone in our closet so that it's nearby if there were an emergency, but it's also not like on my nightstand. And also there's like all these EMF things, but I won't get into that. Okay. Number three, I love using my Apple watch when I'm with my kids. So I've actually been talking about this to a lot of mom friends because I like to leave my phone in a different room, but then that way I can see texts or Slack messages, or if somebody's calling, I can see it on my watch. And I know this seems really small, but I would way rather have my kids see me look at a watch than to look at my phone or to be holding my phone in my hand all the time. They don't really know what I'm looking at when I'm looking at my watch. And so I just feel like it's a way less obtrusive way to make sure everything's fine. There's no emergencies. I can see if anything urgent comes through, but I can stay present with my kids. And it is also not tempting because you can't sit on your watch and scroll. So it's just like, here are the notifications, do with them what you will, but stay focused. And I know that Apple watches are not a small investment by any means, but for me, it's been really, really worthwhile not only that, but it has helped me stay more consistent with moving. I set things to like remind me to breathe, have mindful minutes, things like that. And so it's just been this secondary bonus on top of being able to just stay on top of anything that's coming in, but not get distracted or suck down any rabbit holes with it. Number four is keeping my workplace calm and chaos free by turning on meditation music or spa music when I work. I literally laughed at my top Spotify last year because it was this mix of like Zen and worship music, two types of music that really just like calm my nervous system. Truly. When I listen to them, I feel like I breathe deeper. I focus better. And I know it sounds funny, but this actually does feel like this micro boundary in it that allows my headspace to remain at ease and peaceful. It keeps me breathing deeper. So even if I'm cranking at work or trying to finish something big on a tight deadline, I have on just relaxing music. Drew actually laughs a lot because I either work in silence or when I have music on, it is like just straight up spa music. And when I'm doing like work that doesn't require straight on focus, I actually like to listen to meditations on Spotify. And a lot of times just hearing like the subconscious messaging of like, take a deep breath or unclench your jaw or release your shoulders. It helps me just stay in the zone and like kind of pick up those cues to just stay relaxed while I'm working. Number five is not feeling pressure to respond to anything immediately. I actually just posted this picture on my Instagram stories of a text message. And I did not even notice or realize that I had 218 unread texts. And I'm kind of grimacing when I say this. I know that is probably making a lot of you burst out in hives, but I honestly didn't even notice. And let me tell you, if you are an inbox zero warrior and cannot breathe calmly until all messages are responded to, you are just like my husband, Drew. I hear you. But you absolutely cannot protect your peace by always reacting and responding. And that isn't to say that I should probably check those 218 messages. I think most of them are like order confirmations or like dumb reminder things. They're not like actual people waiting for a response. But at the same time too... I've had to create that boundary of like, I do like focused texting time, which sounds really silly, where I send out voice memos to people I love and check in on people and stuff, but I'm not constantly on my phone. And honestly, 
when I think about things like responding immediately, email is another one. There's this stat that like 99% of people check their email every single day. And most people check up to 20 times a day, which is bananas. But the best thing that I ever did in that scenario was set up an autoresponder that answers FAQs, gives people this idea of when they'll hear back from me. And I like people comment on my autoresponder game all the time. We just update it consistently. Like it's been up for years. So it's constantly working. And we update it depending on what's going on in the business and make sure I connect people with someone else on my team if something's urgent. And so I just love that because it's like, here's how we can take care of you. But here's also when you can expect a response. And here's who you can expect to respond. Because 99% of the time, it's not going to be me. And so I love just setting those expectations and boundaries up front. And also anyone who has my phone number and text me, they know that it'll take a bit. Like a lot of times people will be like, Hey, no need to respond. Because a lot of times I'll circle back like a day later, a couple days later. And I've just released any pressure on myself to get back to people just for the sake of getting back to them. Like I would way rather respond thoughtfully five days from now than respond out of pressure in five minutes and not like actually be able to think about what I'm saying. You know, the phrase easy as pie, right? Well, anyone who's actually made a pie from scratch from the buttery flaky crust to the perfectly sweet filling knows that making pies is in fact very difficult, but you know, what is easy integrating, automating and scaling your business with HubSpot. The HubSpot CRM platform seamlessly transforms customer data into usable insights. Like what's the average time it takes to respond to a customer service request and how can we get better at it? The HubSpot Service Hub brings all your data and support channels into one place so your team can spend less time hunting for information and more time delighting your customers. Plus, seamless connectivity with marketing and sales hubs means every person on your team has a crystal clear picture of your customer. It's easy as HubSpot. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at HubSpot.com. When it comes to content creation, you either do it because you love it or because you know it's a powerful business tool. Now, either way, it takes a ton of work. Whether you're building your website from scratch or struggling to manage payments, you need Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate one-stop shop that's been my go-to for almost a decade. Yes, nearly a decade. It's designed to help creators and entrepreneurs build thriving online businesses with steady recurring income. Whether it's blogging, coaching, or podcasting, Kajabi makes it simple to transform your passion into profitable online courses, exclusive members membership sites, and so much more. Over the years, Kajabi has been my rock from hosting my signature courses like the Pinterest lab to handling transactions without taking a single penny of my money. That's right. You get to keep 100% of what you earn. With Kajabi, you get powerful analytics, simple payment options, effective email marketing tools, and beautiful website templates that you can customize. And here's a little secret. You don't need a massive following to earn a great income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi who are making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers, and you can be one of them. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash goal. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash goal. Join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion today at kajabi.com slash goal. Number six is a huge one. I want for you to think about this. 
lead with a no and then be convinced to a yes. And now this might sound cynical and sometimes, especially early in business, your default might need to be a yes. I want to acknowledge that. Like as you're building and growing, it's probably, you know, an opportune time to say more yeses. But as you gain experience and more opportunities come your way, the shift from always saying yes to it's not until I'm convinced it's a yes can be really hard. And for me, it took me hitting burnout to really understand this. These days, for me, I say no to almost any ask outside of my own brand or work. And I start with a no and just preface it and say, you know, I've got to focus on my family and these are my values right now. And me saying no has nothing to do with you and your offer. It just means that I'm focusing on what I say is most important. So for many, many years, I said no to pretty much every speaking engagement brand partnerships. Like I've shifted my business over and over again to protect my best yeses based on my bandwidth in each season. And so it's really interesting because when I start with no, it's so different than when I default to yes and then feel like I have to back out of something. That's like so much harder in the end. So if I start with a, ah, this is probably not going to work for me, but maybe share a little bit more and we'll see if it's a fit. It just feels a lot different. And side note, When I tell somebody no, I actually have created a bumper for this boundary and I made a template and I use it. It is so well thought out and intentional. I had to write it one time because I know that like I'm a yes person. I am really prone to overcommitting because I want to make everyone happy. And so my template essentially says something like this. It says like in this busy season where I have to choose between family and amazing opportunities like yours... I have to protect my best yeses for my family. Know that in me declining your request, this is nothing other than a way for me to live into my values. This has nothing to do with you or your opportunity. I'm so excited to watch you soar. And I know our paths will cross in the future. Best wishes and keep me posted on how it goes. And what's really cool is that the more that I do this and use this boundary, the more that people come back and they're like, Oh my gosh, this actually didn't feel bad receiving it. And this encourages me to deploy something similar. So maybe you need to create your own version of a template that you can tweak and personalize so that you can thoughtfully and respectfully decline while honoring your best yeses, the things that you say are most important to you. And one other thing that has been really helpful for me, I only read like one mothering book and it was Bringing Up Bebe. And there's this part in the book about lay pause, which basically just talks about when you put a baby down and you see them kind of rustling around, a lot of times they're in active sleep. And a mother's tendency, especially when you're sleep deprived, is to just scoop them up. But a lot of times we're waking our kids up. And so in the book, it talks about this idea of lay pause, which means just watch and wait and pause for like two minutes before you take any action. And I feel like this idea has translated into my business where it's like when I get an invitation, I take a beat, whether it's five minutes or an hour or wait till the end of the day or the end of the week. I just pause and check in with myself. What is my why? Is this aligned? How does this feel? How will it feel when the time comes to honor this commitment? And in doing that, it's been really powerful. So maybe you need a little lay pause in your life. Number seven is no work on the weekends. And this is one that I've been really good at. Like I'm actually very proud of myself. Even during the busiest of seasons, I have learned to crave this resting and recharging time. 
And I truly reserve the weekends for family. I'm even hoping to transition to a four-day work week. It's something in progress right now alongside some of my team members. A lot of my team transitioned to a four-day work week or kind of creating that extra day of boundary. And after coming out of the book launch, I was like, this is something that I do want to deploy specifically during the summer months when the kids are home, Coco is not in school. But I really have learned that like I can do more in less time when I'm focused and clear on what needs to get done. And I'm also a better mom and worker and boss and all the things when I protect my weekends and my time away from work. And so that's just been something that's been really powerful and something that having that like boundary really helps me show up in all the places in a better way. Number eight is a boundary around what I am consuming. Like I pay very close attention to what I'm consuming. Like think about it like this. The other day I had a really bad headache. And have you ever tried to troubleshoot a headache? Like a headache comes on and you're like, did I drink enough water? Do I need caffeine? Is my bra too tight? Am I clenching my jaw? The same thing can go for your mental state sometimes. Like whenever I start feeling negative or stressed or restless, I take this inventory of what I'm consuming all around me, whether it's TV shows or books or social media, or even conversations I'm having with other people. And sometimes I'll almost like reverse engineer the feeling of like, where did this feeling come from? Can I troubleshoot this? Sometimes bad moods just come out of nowhere or from unseen things like hormones. But other times it can be an effect of our environment. And so there should be a boundary in your life. And you should be ruthless with that about who and what you allow into your life and how you allow it to influence you because it does have an effect on your mood and your outlook. And it can really impact how you show up and how you move towards your dreams. So for me, I actually set screen limits that go off for Instagram. It's really short. I think I set like a 30 minute screen limit. And that means I basically have enough time to get on to create content to scroll, engage, respond to comments and DMs and then get off. And even when I override that limit, every single time I click on the app, it's a reminder to me that I've already used up that time. And so maybe screen limits are something that you should implement to help you with a boundary around your consumption if it's something you struggle with. Number nine is planning in advance and communicating my plans. Okay, can I be honest with you? This whole planning and communicating thing is new for me. I'm used to doing what I can, when I can, and communicating my plans or making plans really last minute when I see a great opportunity and just going with the flow. I used to be somebody who wanted to make every decision spur of the moment in terms of like when I would record or what things would look like or when I need to show up to something. Like if somebody invited me to a coffee date, I would be like, let me just see how I'm feeling that day. Cause I was like very afraid of committing to something. And then the day came and I didn't want to do it. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. That was how I was. But in this season of life, having a toddler and a baby and a busy business and a book and all these things, like I feel like because I am juggling so much, I've had to get really good at setting a schedule and then sharing it with those people involved. It was so funny. I was talking to a team member today and she was like, Hey, can we jump on the phone? She's like, I'm so sorry. I know you hate phone calls. And I was like, honestly, I kind of like them again. Like I have totally changed my work style. And I think going through the book launch and having to do so many interviews and kind of show up in a different way and having different energy because of all the things I've been focused on with my health, like I actually don't mind these busy days and they just look different. And so it might look different for you, but 
for me moving forward, what my plan is, is like, I'm going to choose two days a month to record the podcast. And then I'm going to plan accordingly. And I'm going to loop in Drew or my mom or things like that on when I need support. Like here are the days, these are blocked off. I cannot help that day. So we've got to figure something out. And because my schedule is more rigid these days, I have to figure out ways to structure things so that I can get done when I need to get done, but also get the right support. And in order to do that, I have to plan in advance and I have to communicate those plans. And so lately, I've been sending Drew like a weekly iPhone note that has my exact schedule or sharing my Google calendar with my team, things like that. Because I want to figure out here's when I'm working, here's when I'm not working, and kind of protect my peace on both ends of that spectrum. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Number 10 is a big one making my to-do list before the end of the day. Now, this one I learned from Marie Forleo's program, Time Genius, and it is literally genius. 
but I love this. She taught inside of her program that you need to make your to-do list before the end of the day hits. Because a lot of the times we'll wait and then at the very end of your day when you're frazzled or when you're winding down or when you're feeling mad that you didn't get done as much as you thought you would, you try to make your to-do list. And so her recommendation is to make your to-do list at like 2 p.m. the day prior. Like you kind of know what you're going to get done in the next few hours. And what I love about this is I've set a reminder in my phone Monday through Friday. And so it goes off around 2 o'clock. And that's usually when I'm kind of back from lunch in a flow state. I know where I'm going to end up for the day. And that way I can be realistic about what I'm going to accomplish. And then I know I have a plan for tomorrow. It allows me to kind of shut my brain off a little bit easier because I know I'm not going into tomorrow wondering, okay, what do I need to do again? Where was I at? And so having that plan kind of starts the decompression necessary to shut my brain off and to switch it into mom mode. And so making my to-do list before the end of the day, before I'm frantic, before I'm frazzled. And also just so I maximize the time that I do have working, whether it's finishing out that day or diving into the next. Number 11 is being intentional around how I talk to Drew about my work. Okay, hear me out. This is a good boundary. I've talked about this a little bit before, but I make sure that when I finish up my day, I just give them a quick rundown. And I once heard this advice where it was like, once somebody comes back home from work, or once you reconnect with someone after you've been busy for the day, do five minutes of uninterrupted conversation, and then start to enjoy your time together. Not that you're not enjoying it while you're in conversation. But what I mean by that is a focused, quick recap. And here's the thing. He does not need to know everything about the minutia of my day-to-day business. He doesn't want to talk about work very long, but I want him to be in the know. I want him to understand. I don't want anything to be a surprise. I want him to encourage it. And so what's been really nice is like doing a quick, here's what I did today. Tell me about your day. Show me pictures of the kids or what you guys did. Let's get caught up to speed and then let's get back into life. It's just been really nice. And for us, he's not very involved in the business. In fact, he's not really involved in the business at all. And so keeping things more separate has been helpful for us. And so we're kind of more on this need to know basis or like excited to share basis. And so we talk about the work, what's going on, what I'm working on, what I'm prioritizing, what I'm excited about. He tells me about his day, his work, and then we just get back to life. And so that's been really special. Number 12 is this. Remember the 218 unread text messages? Well, number 12 is protecting my phone number. And I say this from a place of just be thoughtful at what lines of communication you open to people. And I feel like nobody in our life needs another endless text conversation or a message asking you for something where you feel like you're dreading opening it because you don't want them to see that you read it. And I love, like, I love connecting with my friends. I love sending voice memos. I love phone calls. I love all of that. But I have learned that I have to protect what lines of communication I open up to people and how I do that. And so now if somebody asks for my number, and I know it's only going to be about work stuff, I actually try to redirect my inbox to keep my phone more minimal. And I honestly just say like, I don't really use my phone to work. So if it has to do with work stuff, here is my email. Like this weekend, somebody texted me about work stuff on like a Saturday evening. And I read it and I kind of got frustrated because I was like, it's Saturday. I'm with my family and like, this could be an email. And so it just is a good reminder of like, if you're only having work relationships, 
try to protect your number and protect the lines of communication that allow you best because I actually respond better when things come through my inbox, when I'm sitting at my computer, when I'm more intentionally working. And so if people ask for my phone number, I try to just redirect to places that I know I'll be able to respond in a more thoughtful, present way and also on my own timetable, if that makes sense. And the other nice thing about that is like with your inbox, like you can keep tabs on things or you can assign them out or forward them to other people or have a receipt of the conversation. And so it really helps me to stay more in life mode and to keep my phone, again, not this thing that I dread or this thing that I hate thinking about work with. And it helps me keep life separate. And so just protecting my phone number and kind of thinking about the best line of communication based off of the request, the person, the job, or the relationship. Okay. So in closing, I know that was a lot, but I hope this was helpful. I hope this just helps you explore like what boundaries do I have and where do I need more and where am I struggling or starting to feel burnt out? In my book, I say this, boundaries protect yourself from staying in constant motion because that's when we stay so busy and distracted that we stop listening to our souls, checking in with our bodies or hearing our intuition. Once I finally understood where my yes belonged and where boundaries were needed, I became obsessed with operating out of my enoughness, which in turn freed up my greatness. Those boundaries didn't hold me back like I was afraid they would. They didn't contract anything. They expanded everything. As my schedule widened, my life opened up to something far beyond work. Now, it's funny because reviewing this list goes to show how small tweaks can end up making a drastic difference, like moving your phone to another room or saying no by default or adopting lay pause into your life. These aren't enormous, time-consuming, draining changes, but they're little things that might not feel easy or comfortable at first to uphold, but end up saving you so much time and energy in the long run. Boundaries can be the catalyst for reaching more fulfillment, more ease, more joy in your work life, relationships, and beyond. And it's all about discovering and defining what you need and then making sure that you have a plan to follow through. You put up the bumpers in your own life. Now, I hope you got some ideas today for small boundaries you might be able to implement in your life to better protect your peace. And of course, until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team 
is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.